All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Malaga Drive Hoops Betting Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Caleb, and I'm here uh, again today joined with Sarji. Good morning, Sarji. Happy Wednesday. Thursday. <laughs> My bad. Happy, happy Thursday. How are you doing, bro? Good, bro. How are you doing? How was first day of practice? Uh, good, bro. Good. It, you just forget, like, there's just so many little details that you don't realize you need to be, like, locked into. And, you know, I was, like, a girls coach, but it's a little different with guys. And then, too, like, me and you, you know, we can know all we want. And in the grand scheme of things, we're still, like, 25. There's a lot to learn. But you can know all you want, but it doesn't matter if you can't, like, communicate it in a way that makes sense to them. So I'm, I'm still learning for sure, but it was a good start. And I love it. I have a blast, even though. It's kind of it's kind of hard, bro. You're just in charge of 14 guys and try to find a way to like make practice fun, but also like get them better, you know? Because there's yeah, still- like in a, yeah, do you have an assistant helping you or anything? No, bro. I told you that job was yours to come move town for, bro. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Maybe next year, bro. Maybe next year. Um, but no, right now, no. It, it's just me. Uh, I had I have one guy that I hooped with. Uh, that was down, but you have to be at least 21, and he's like 20, so he can't do it. But why do you have to be 21? I don't know. It's just some rule, bro. Interesting. Uh, I don't know the exact reason, but um, let's get into the slate today, or, or let's recap out here. It was a tough day for for your boy. Um, really, again, I I liked everything. I would have played it again. It wasn't like I'm sitting here now after the fact, like. Fuck, I forced it. Like, you know, I, I felt really good. Um, and the Pacers just, they came out, and, and this is what we talked about. They had a great game. Miles Turner was unbelievable um, and, and pulled that out for the Pacers. The Wizards, uh, the, the Raptors were just unbelievable. Fred Van Vliet was hitting everything. OG was hitting everything. Um, and they, you know, the Raptors and Pacers in both those games were, were clearly the better team for the majority of that game. We get Cavs, which was nice. That was fairly swept free, um, but then drop Timberwolves too, and you see it all the time. I saw it last year, and um, you know I've seen we've seen it a little bit this year. We're five, six, seven, eight games in the season. Just because certain teams have looked bad um, doesn't mean that's who who they're going to be all season long. And again, you know, to this point, the Timberwolves have looked a lot better. So I, again, I'm not sitting here like, damn, we forced it. Um, you know, we liked it, but again, we got also got to keep in mind all year long, right? Like teams don't always look as bad as they did their last game. And you have to look at the whole team's sample of work, uh, when you're betting on them, but tough day one and three, uh, brings us to 15 and 14. We're still positive on the year. Again, it's such a long season. Um, I think I was negative like two months into the season last year and then finished, you know, decently strong. So it's, it's a grind. Uh, but what were your big takeaways from, from yesterday's slate? Yeah, I thought we made all, all the right plays, to be honest. Like, we were on great plays. Like, Knicks plus one, I would hit again and again and again. Like, even if I even if I knew the outcome yesterday and that same line came out today, I'd play the, I could play it again. Um, and T-Wolves are just I, – I feel like that's what we're going to get a, a good amount this year is – games where they look really damn good and, and games where, you know, they kind of have these lackluster performances. And I just think it's a product of still, you know, having a ton of young guys, right. You got 
Anthony Edwards, and then when you don't when you don't have D'Angelo Russell and it's Pat Beverly, you got you know Jalen Noel, you got Jordan McLaughlin, you got Vanderbilt, you got all these young guys, and and they come together really well, but it's just inconsistent. So yep. I just think that's a a product of playing a really well run Clippers team and PG. Yeah, it's PG, man. The dudes. Yeah. It, it, I was I was seeing Twitter go off last night just because everyone was like. Paul George is legitimately a top five player in the league right now, and you can't really argue it. So, no, um, yeah, Paul George last night, you know? and, and, that, and that's the frustrating part with the Clippers is Paul George is a top five player in the league, but outside of him, they've just been not right. been able to produce, and um, that's yeah. kind of what you're betting on, right? And then all of a sudden, Paul George is able to to pull out a win, and Batum played really good. I, I watched a little bit of that second half. Batum actually played really damn well, um, and. Reggie Jordan finally had his decent game uh, production-wise. So just a tough bet. But I, I still think, like, if we get that line again, man, I, I would take it again. I think it's the right play. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we'll just continue to adjust throughout the year. But, yeah, sometimes, guys, it, it just it just doesn't work out. And we were definitely on the wrong side. Uh, but the, the grind continues. And you can't over or underreact. Just got to continue to stay solid. Um, and I like what you said, too, because – PG is playing like a top five player, but when it's just one of those guys, you know, defenses a lot of times do whatever they can to key on him and, and make everyone else beat him. And to this point, other Clippers haven't been able to do it, but uh, Reggie and Batum were last night and uh, just wasn't good enough from the T-Wolves, Knicks, or uh, was it? So, you know, we're, we're wrong. Uh, we were, but we're, we're going to continue to get after it. Let's, uh, Let's get into the day. It is a new day. The first game of the day is going to be the Detroit Pistons and the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Sixers coming off a nice uh, win against Chicago. Detroit coming off a terrible loss uh, at home against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I don't know about you, bro. I, I actually lean the Pistons again here today. Um <laughs> Again, like I get it. Eight is fair, you know, based off of what we've seen. Again, it's a it's a back to back, so you can maybe give a point. It's still early in the season. Uh, real quick, before we get too deep into the breakdown, I haven't seen anything. Um, so I would assume Joel's playing. Do you have a read on that? I know it's a back to back. He rested on Monday. Um, is if he's he... not on the if he's not on the injury report, then. I would say he's fully going to go because usually what they do with Joel, if I remember correctly, is he is he's questionable usually right after the game if they have any sort of reservation mm -hmm. for him not playing the next day. Like they're pretty good about putting a questionable tag on him fairly soon. So yeah. I, I feel I, like if there's no, I don't see him. I don't see him. I just see Danny Green and Tobias. But that's exactly what I'm seeing. So I don't I don't see any tag on Joel. So I think you can got to assume he's playing here like 99.9% okay. of the time. Yeah. And but it is weird because like, what, what's the reasoning behind that? You rest him not on a back-to-back -back a couple of days ago, but then now you have a back-to-back -back set and you're going to play him both games. Like where, where yeah, is it's interesting. That? You know, you would think logically he plays Monday, uh, plays against the Bulls, and then you rest him uh, here against the Pistons. Um, but maybe his knee was just a little bit more sore the other day. They wanted to give him three days off combined and, now he's good to go. I don't. I don't know for sure. Um, but as for the game itself, look, we we've seen it so many times, guys. Right? Like people early on in the season, 
they see a team look really, really bad. And, and you've had many in instances already, like even with the Magic, right? They look really, really bad. Then they go cover against the Knicks or they beat the Timberwolves in Minnesota um, or, and, you know, things of that nature. We've seen it all the time. And so Detroit, again, I know they've had plenty of poor performances, but this is a, another spot where last last spot was embarrassing, right? Last game was embarrassing. Dwayne Casey said, this is, this is embarrassing. Like we're not playing, we're, we're, this is not a good look for the Pistons brand. Um, we were pouting a little bit. We can't control who makes shots, but we were pouting and our body language was terrible because we were missing those shots. Um, so in a back-to-back -back spot and, a, and a, against a team that, you know, the Sixers know they're, they're better than the Pistons. Um, I'm not going to say they're going to come in and take it lightly, uh, but similar to that Bucks game, like I, I do think this one will be competitive. I don't know if I'm going to play it. Again, I'd probably make it closer to, to seven or sorry, seven. So get that down to four. Um, again, don't know if I'm going to play it, but uh, again, it's just a spot where you have a team that does grind. It really does grind and shots have not been falling down, but there's going to be a game here soon where the Pistons outright beat a team that they're a lot worse than, and it might be today. Yeah. And, and this is tough too, because the reason I would stay away from it is Kate Cunningham. I've watched the first, both, both games he's played He's just not there yet, right? And it's a learning curve for him. So they are giving him the ball, and he's allowed to take 15-ish shots. They're running him in the pick and roll, and he, he's getting decent looks. He's just not knocking them down. And I don't know if that's just a, you know, a comfortability thing or, or just adjusting to the league, but it's just a hard thing for me to bet on when a guy who's initiating the offense and getting a lot of shots at this point um, just is so young and so new to the game. Uh, just one of the reasons I wouldn't bet it is just from what I've seen on Kate Cunningham, he's going to, he's an unbelievable player. He's going to get there eventually. Like at some point this year, I just, it scares me to bet him, bet this game for that reason. If he wasn't playing, I would be more confident in it even um, just because. Really? Yeah. So you just got Kate as a negative out here. It, it's not necessarily a, a negative. It's just a learning curve. Like when I watched that game, he was, he was good. He just wasn't knocking down shots. He, he didn't look like he was in rhythm. Um, and, and when he's on the floor, it's a couple of shots for Jeremy Grant. It's a couple of shots for Sadiq Bey, who I think at this point are, are, are steps ahead of him in terms of, of offensive production. So um, that is the reason I will stay away is just because of the learning curve with Cade Cunningham. But as a whole, I think, like you said, the line is a little bit um, in favor too much of, of the – I would put it probably at seven and a half on a neutral seven, seven and a half. So I'm right there with you, but yeah. the Cade Cunningham part of it really scares me. No, I, I get it. Cade didn't, Cade didn't and hasn't looked great so far, but it, it's Cade. I, I, and I think the feel and the passing and the make the right play uh, aspect of Cade's there. And I, I don't expect him to go over nine from three, you know, obviously no, I, I also don't expect him to shoot score 30 points on, you know, great shooting, but, um, I think it's somewhere in the middle there, and I expect a better game from him here today. I agree. I just think we see a lot of two for nine or, or you know, three for 10 or, you know, five for 16 from the field, four for 16 from the field, just trying to get adjusted to the game. So that is one of the reasons I'm scared to bet the game, but all the points you made I think are, are right on. Because yeah. Detroit is a good – they're a better team than the books give them credit for. It's, you yeah. can't deny that. And we'll see it all year long, guys, like teams that – have played terrible will have like this is a professional league with 30 professional teams um i'm not gonna say the pistons are gonna go real off 10 straight but 
they're coming in, in some form, they are going to turn this around. Um, again, don't know if it's tonight, but wouldn't be surprised at all. So I am leaning this. Um, and I, again, I wouldn't be surprised because of how poorly the Pistons have played. If money come continues to come on the Sixers and, and this gets to five and a half, maybe six by tip, uh, which I think, again, is something definitely to consider. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to the next game. The Utah Jazz head into Atlanta. Uh, coming in as a one-and-a-half-point favorite about, implies about a four-and-a-half-point difference. Atlanta is on a back-to-back um, here today, and, and John Collins was super questionable. Uh, Game-time decision uh, last night, so who knows how that reacts. I'd assume everyone's good to go, but you never know on a back-to-back in this league. Um, I think, again, here the line's a, a little bit skewed towards the Jazz. Um, I think I'd make it closer to three. Maybe you're giving them an extra uh, point because of the back-to-back here today, but uh, I think I'd have this close to a pick Um Atlanta did lose to Brooklyn, and, and they've you know now lost three, four games this year, but uh, it's still a team I, I really, really like long-term, and, and the Jazz are arguably the best regular season team right now. Like Just when you're handicapping games, I, I think they have the best power rating or whatever you want to call it. Um, but still, I, I'm, I'm very high on this Hawks team, and I don't know that I make this number four and a half on a neutral court. Is Rudy Gobert out? Because I saw yesterday that he was ruled out for this game due to heel, due to resting his heel, and now I'm not seeing him on the report. So I'm a, I'm a bit confused here. It, even on Fantrax, the app that we use, I just looked. It has him out um, for Thursday's game against the Atlanta Hawks. I have um, Donovan questionable. Um, I have Royce questionable. I don't have any Rudy news though, but let's, uh, let's check Twitter. So bear has been ruled out for Thursday's game against the Hawks due to right heel injury recovery. That's interesting, but I only see it on fan tracks. That's the weirdest part about the injury. No. Yeah. He's out. He's out. It's weird how it's not on fan tracks. Um, but he's out. Masson's going to eat today. (laughs) No, it is on fan tracks. I can't find it anywhere else, though. Yeah, I, I'm looking at Twitter right now. Utah Jazz, like, official Twitter account injury report. Oh, no, bro. I know what it is. It's, it's Rudy, Rudy Gay. Gay. It's Rudy Gay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's why I was – they messed up. The, the Rudys are getting mixed up. <laughs> it's Rudy Gay. I was looking at it, too, and I was like, oh, he's out. it's Rudy Gay, um, which is not a difference maker. But Donovan yeah. is questionable. Um, and the news just did roll in. John Collins is going to be questionable too here today. So Rudy Rudy Gobert is going to be suiting up. Um, if Rudy Gobert was out, right, this line's way off for sure. Yeah. But um, I, I now I only think it's it's slightly off. I, you know how I feel about the Hawks. I know they've had some up and downs, but I feel like all all of their losses have been to pretty good teams and understandable losses. Um, I, I I think this team is really really good at home. Like they they were really really good at home under Nate McMillan last year. I expect that to continue this year. Again, Utah best probably regular season team in the league right now, um, considering the Bucs' injuries. But um, I, I'm leaning Hawks. I don't know if I'm going to play it here today. Yeah, I, I mean, what would you set this line at? Pick them. Pick them? Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty close. I think I'd give the, the Jazz a half a point, maybe to a full point. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's maybe some value on the Hawks, but – you're not leaning too hard either way. No. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the Celtics and the Miami Heat. Uh, 
curious to hear your thoughts here. Heat, six and a half point favorites implies about a three and a half point difference. Uh, Miami's not actually a great home court place um, historically, although people do like to party there. Um, so who knows how much they're giving a home court here. But uh, I don't I, – I just don't have a good read on on the Celtics, right? On one hand, I love six and a half. It's like – I'm just waiting. I Maybe I'm just psyching myself out, but I'm just waiting for the Celtics to kind of turn it around. They apparently had a players-only meeting after that big blow-up loss against the Bulls, and uh, they come out and, and really take care of business against the Magic. But again, it's it's the Orlando Magic, right? So how much how much of that win was them? How much of it was the Magic? I, I'm going to give the floor to you, but how are you seeing this game? Yeah, and, and they, I mean – they had a nice close against the Magic. The Magic scored like 10 points in the third quarter. I actually was watching the majority of that game because I just want to watch Tatum. Um, it was not fun watching Tatum, I'll tell you that much. But um, what was happening is the Celtics just aren't the, – what's the best way to put it? They aren't really a team. Like, it's just a bunch of individuals playing basketball. Like, it's Jalen Brown kind of going one-on-one. Talented individuals, but – Yeah, talented individuals, but it's not a team. So, it's so hard to bet because if you have Jalen Brown or and Jason Tatum going off, they're going to beat good teams. But when they're not, they get absolutely destroyed. So – That's a great point. It, it's a really tough team to bet. Like, it, it is because first look, like – I think the Heat are, are better than three and a half on a neutral court. Um, I think it should be five and a half, to be honest. So, like, yeah, I agree. And that could be a big number, but I'm also hesitant to bet it. Like, I just, it's really, really, really hard to bet Celtics games. And I think it's going to be that way for the near future and until they really find an identity and a rhythm because Al Horford's playing great. Robert Williams is playing good, but you just got a bunch of individuals out there that aren't really clicking. Um, and the bench unit is really bad. The bench unit is, is atrocious. Josh Richardson is not good. Peyton Pritchard has been pretty invisible to start the year, and you got a bunch of young guys trying to play bigger roles. So, like the Romeo Langfords, I just it's really hard for me to bet uh, Boston games. I do lean Miami six and a half, but I don't think I can can bet it. Like, I'll have to see if I get more comfortable, like more towards lock. But Celtics scare me in terms of betting against them because uh, you just don't know what you're going to get on a night to night basis. No, I think you broke that down perfectly. Like, on one hand, um, you know, you could get that Celtics team where Jalen and, and Jason are shooting, volume, making some here and there, uh, but it's not, you know, enough to win. And then you're going to have nights where Jason and Jalen are going to combine for, you know, 70. Um, and, you know, you would lean more towards the first against arguably – I know I just called the Jazz the best team, but if it's not the Jazz, then it's the Miami Heat. Um, you would you would probably lean Heat here, and I, I do as well. I think on a neutral court, it would be five. But if this makes sense, tell me if this makes sense. I would rather bet the Heat minus five on a neutral court than them – or sorry, I'd rather bet the Heat minus uh, five on a neutral court than minus eight at home, <laughs> you know, like – or, or in this spot, I'd rather bet a minus three on a neutral court than minus six and a half at home. Like, yeah, it, it, those, those extra three and a half points that they have to cover just because they're at home make it a little bit tricky here. Um, but I, I agree. If if you're betting on this game at all, I think it's hard not to, to find yourself on the heat. And and real quick before we move on, you know, you know, we always talk about 
on this podcast, you know, te- it's not as bad as it looks, right? And, um, you know, teams are going to look bad but, and then turn around and win some games. It goes the other way, too. Like, this Miami Heat team isn't going to go 81-0 and or 81-1. and Like, there are going to be random games where it, it doesn't. And, again, we're not – I don't think it's smart to just, like, bet against the Heat because you're betting on them to randomly bad when, the, when they've been good. Um, but just keep that in mind that, you know, teams – it's such a game to game basis thing and Miami's not going to just dominate all year long. Every game. And also, I mean, there's going to be regression. Jimmy Butler isn't going to be shooting the percentages he's shooting right now. He's shooting ridiculous percentages from the floor and from three. Um, he's all up almost 10% from three last year. He did have a, a weird three point shooting percentage last year. Like I, I expected to get better, but not 10%. You got Tyler hero playing efficiently out of his mind like he is a really good player but efficiency wise he's hitting every shot he takes so there's gonna be a game where it where it regresses you can't necessarily bet on that but um the heat are gonna have a step back and the boston celtics are gonna have a game where they put it all together as a team and it's kind of like a this is where we made you know our our season this is where we changed our season and, and took a step forward so i wouldn't be surprised if they came together against a good heat team where they need to but if they don't also wouldn't be surprised. So really, really yeah. tough game to bet. And I will say, guys, today is just a tough slate. Today is a really, really tough slate. And I think a lot of people can get caught, you know, on a day where they don't bet well, like me yesterday, and try and get it all back the next day. And, and that's just not a recipe for success long term. So um, for me, I, I honestly would not be surprised at all if, if I don't play anything today. Um, and that's okay. Next game. You. Houston, your Houston Rockets headed into Phoenix uh, as 10 and a half point dogs. I don't know what's going on with Phoenix, man. I don't. Um, you know, sometimes you see it a little bit. I mean, you kind of see it with the Bucks, but that's more injury. Um, championship hangover. You know, you go a little bit deeper, play a little bit longer than anyone else, have a little bit less rest. Um, you know, you, you come off that high of, of uh, I know they lost, but, you know, making that deep run. And uh, you kind of think, okay, you know, it's going to be not easy to do it again, but, you know, we can do it again. And uh, it, it becomes harder and harder every year that you're good to, to stay on top of that mountain. Um, and, and they've struggled a little bit. And, and that's the thing. I can't lie. I've not watched a ton of Suns games, so I don't know if it's a thing that's, you know, long-term going to be an issue. Um, but it hasn't looked good so far. And on the other hand, you know, the Rockets, uh, we, we talked about it with some other teams. It's it's one of those teams that on some nights it's going to look great. On other nights it's going to look awful. And you're not quite sure, especially on the road, what version you're going to get. You got the great version of them, you know, the other night when they hung in there against the Lakers. And then the night before they got absolutely smashed by the Lakers. So it's like, it's it's kind of like my, my my high school team, like, with young teams, you just never know what version you're going to get. Um, uh, it's such a large spread. I think for me, honestly, I'd probably lean Rockets here today, given the way the Suns have looked. But if you told me the Suns blew them out and had to take out my, our frustration game against the Rockets and won by 30, I would not be shocked at all. Yeah, and DeAndre Ayton here is, is bigger than uh, – because Ayton is a force defensively. I don't think people realize how good DeAndre Ayton is on defense. He's an absolute savage on defense. And Christian Wood is a big part of this Rockets team, and he struggles against good centers that can defend, like a Gobert type, obviously. DeAndre Ayton would cause him problems. So if DeAndre Ayton gets ruled out of this game, it makes it a lot sexier to get um, 
Rockets at 10 and a half. But like you said, this Rockets team, when I watched them against the Lakers in the first game, they looked like one of the worst teams I've ever seen play basketball. It was awful. And then you get them the next night and Jalen Green's hitting shots. They're vibing as a team. Christian Wood's confident. It's it's this screams get right game for the Phoenix Suns here today, whether DeAndre Ayton's in or out. Um, Devin Booker shot atrociously in the last game. Really, really poor shooting performance. He did bring it on in the end, uh, and they when when they ended up winning and, and kind of pulling away from the Pelicans. They covered, bad they covered eleven somehow. Yeah, know? but the reason they were losing the whole game is Devin Booker no. was shooting like three for seventeen. Lore had negative four fantasy points going into the fourth quarter with Devin Booker because no, the yeah. guy was so inefficient. So. This is a, a game where you see Devin Booker shoot the ball a little bit better. They have no one to put on Devin Booker and Chris Paul, right? Where the, where the, the Rockets struggle is guarding the, the guard position. They have Sean Tate to guard good forwards. Wood can defend a little bit down low, but Porter Jr. and, and Jalen Green against guards is really a problem for me. So this, this game, start, uh, this, it scares me, yeah. is what I'm saying. I think Chris Paul and Devin Booker could have big, big games here. Um, and even if DeAndre Ayton were to get ruled out, while it looks really good for me, I don't. I still don't know if I can bet it because this Rockets team is so you know up and down. Yeah, no, I'm completely with you, bro. Um, and I think ultimately, yeah, it's a stay away game. You you touched on everything. It is a it's a get right spot for the Suns. Um, but to be honest, they've had like three straight spots that have been like get right spots that. I mean, technically, they got right against the Pelicans, but that was not exactly pretty. So, we'll see. We'll see. Um, this could be I, same situation, be you know. This could be same situation as last game, where they're yeah. losing, and then all of a sudden they cover ten and a half at the very yeah. end, and they win by eleven or whatever. Yeah, you which know? is the worst. Which is the worst. We don't want those. And I could a hundred percent see it being tied in the fourth and yep. covering that. All right, we got a similar game um, as the last game of the night. We got the Oklahoma City Thunder heading into. Uh, your LA Lake Lakers got a cupcake schedule to start the year, bro. My goodness, every every night it's the Rockets and Thunder. Um, 13 point favorites. Um, obviously, you know, everyone remembers they just blew a 20 something point lead. Um, granted, on the road in OKC, but they, they just blew one of those games. Um, I, I look at this from two different aspects. On one hand, uh, the Thunder have low key been playing pretty decently lately like they're hanging in they almost beat the clippers giddy's looking confident sga's hitting some shots um you know dort's playing good d bays you know is having some good goodish games um you know they're playing together on, on the and on the other hand i i know the lakers you know it's not like they're all up all night saying oh we want revenge but like you know they they remember that loss against oklahoma city thunder just about a week ago so uh, I can see it going both ways. I think I would honestly lean the thunder here. I, I, I don't think the Lakers are playing amazing basketball right now. I know LeBron is back and that helps for sure. Um, but I think, I think I'd lean thunder here, but I, I'm not. playing this. Yeah, I'm not playing it either. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, while the Lakers get a cupcake schedule outside of the, um, the, the Rockets game, the thunder played the jazz, the warriors twice, the 76ers, <laughs> the Lakers, like, that new team is just getting a, walk, a nice welcome into the NBA with some just absolute elite teams. So while I, while I think the, the Thunder are technically battle-tested with all these teams they're playing, 
Um, and it's hilarious too because they get blown out by thirty by the Rockets and they start hanging in with better teams. It's just, yeah, it's the NBA, I mean, betting the NBA, bro. And this is the Thunder team too. This is the problem with betting with a team like the Thunder. They start losing by thirty to the Lakers and then they come back and, and win the game by like eight points. It's just, uh, you can't bet this game. You just can't. It's a tough ass slate, guys. It it really is for me. I lean, I lean the Pistons, I lean the Hawks, I lean the Heat, but I think all together, it's. I don't know if any of those individual leans are really enough for me to play. It, I will say though, if it, LeBron James is, is questionable again, I just have to say if he gets ruled out and you can get Oklahoma City at thirteen, I would I would jump on that right away. Yeah. Uh, I and that may sound a little bit crazy because he's still got Anthony Davis, he's still got Russell Westbrook, but with no LeBron James, man, I'll, I'll take those 13 points. For sure. I agree, bro. I agree. Um, all right. You want to get into some DFS? Let's do it. All right. So Sarge and I actually, um, we, we started doing contests with uh, our fantasy league. So I had that contest yesterday uh, where we just do a little winner takes all. We had four guys yesterday. I think we're probably going to get five, six, seven here today. Um, but I had that. Didn't matter. I finished second. And then I had five single entries, cashed two of them, didn't cash three of them. Um, and, and I obviously didn't win the, our league one. So it uh, wasn't a profitable day yesterday, but at least cashed two of my five. Uh, just ultimately had too much Joel and B. Um, what about you? <laughs> That's exactly what happened to me. I had a lineup that Joel and B goes off. I would have got pretty close. I had – Everyone just – I had Van Fleet with over 50, Batum with 35 at cheap, Jokic with over 60. I had Thibault, Thad Young, all close to 30, Pat Beverly at 36, and then Joel Embiid at 40. The lineup finished in like a 1,000, and if Joel Embiid at 10% ownership goes off, it's over. It, just a brutal – like the problem with with the, the, the Sixers and Joel Embiid right now is Teams are just doubling him every time he touches the dang ball. There's nothing you can do about it. Like, and he just has to throw the ball back out. So, and he, and he also, you know, I've watched every single Joel minute on the court. Uh, he's also just not in a great offensive rhythm right now, right? Yeah. I, mean, I think part of it too is the doubles, but he does a really good job of at least, you know, making the right pass out of it. And it doesn't always lead to assists. Sometimes it leads to an hockey assist, but just in general, like, the offense of rhythm. He, he's still drawing beat. He's still scoring, but he's averaging like 20 points right now compared to high 20s. Where he was last year. Um, do you think, do you think it could just be a case of, he's not really catching. I don't know if, if you're seeing this too, but he's not catching the ball on the block as much. I feel like, I feel like a lot of times he's catching it on the perimeter at the elbow and then forced mm-hmm. to make a move to go to the basket. And a lot of times what he does, is he settles for jumpers, but when he catches the ball down low, it's kind of like, you can't guard me. I'm taking a drop step and dunking, or I'm doing yeah. a little touch, like a, a turnaround with a nice touch, like Jay. Yeah, I feel like I he's know. catching the ball too much on the perimeter of the elbow instead of catching it on the block and going to work, especially yeah. on a guy like Vooch. No, I, I've seen him catch a lot. Like, I wouldn't always say necessarily, like, he has caught it plenty of times on the perimeter, but I, I see a lot of like mid posts, like not deep position, yeah, not perimeter, but not like deep. Um, and he'll do this little jab step thing and, and then just kind of shoot that or a fadeaway. Yeah. And, and you're seeing, a, again, a lot less foul calls, on, especially on shots like that. Um, yeah. so I don't know. I don't know if that's a product of maybe, you know, his knee and not wanting to go in there and bang too much, but I'm not worried about you. Obviously, it didn't work out last night. He hasn't been great so far, but I'm sure he, he turns up. 
here. To get, it's a get right spot tonight, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. And again, we want to make sure he's playing. Um, but let, let's jump into the site today, bro. Who are some of your favorite plays at the top? Yeah, and, and I'm going to go right back to Joel. I'm like, I have to. He's 10-5 with all these guys off the court. He played at two fantasy points per minute, and I, you can't put him at that mark here today for, for obvious reasons. It's not yeah. the same Joel Embiid that was dominating, but right yeah, now. not even close. But still, it's Joel Embiid, and the ownership is staying low, man. Like, people aren't playing him. So, for that yeah, reason, that was, that was the thing, right? Like, yesterday, we were like, all right, everyone's going to know about his fantasy rate, you know, without Tobias. And I think part of it was a huge slate, but he didn't. The center position, too, was just yeah. stacked. Stacked. Who, real quick, actually. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk. What? Like, who took it down last night? Like, who did you need? So, the thing with every – so, who was super highly owned was – um the center for, for San Antonio, Drew Eubanks. That dude was getting ownership because he started. So that guy had like, I want to say like 30% ownership or something wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 30% on that small of a slate. So Ju- Eubanks was getting massive ownership. I think that's another reason why the ownership on Joel was a little bit lower. But sure, the guy cool. who won it had Miles Turner, who I tell you, this dude is on winning lineups. Every he's, time he's, you he's look at it, at least four or five times a year. Yeah. Guess what he was? Two percent owned. Two percent owned. And I, I had, um, the, I had the Jared Allen and Al Horford combo, and then Joel fucked it. But yeah, you know, Jared I, I Allen too. Fifty six fantasy points. Fifty six fantasy points. He was six percent owned in my contest. I had him, uh, him and Horford in a lineup, but with Dame at at four percent ownership and Joel and Josh Hart. Um, but, yeah, Winner also had a huge play last Brunson. night. Brunson. Brunson's the best play probably, yeah. 53 yep. at 5-1, 9% ownership. What a call. 10X. Yep. And then DeMar, who got no ownership because of the large price. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's, let's just, jump re- just really, just really smart ahead. plays. Like five dudes that were 2% owned and they all combined. Like just it's luck, man. You got five dudes at 2% ownership who really don't hit that often, and bam, they all come together and hit on the right night. Yep. And that's what DFS is about. So let's try and do that tonight. Um, you got Embiid at the top. Any other guys you like at the top? Yeah, I like going back to Jimmy Butler at 9-6, and then the price might seem high again, but just the way he's playing and all the usage, I really like him. Um, in that same vein, I'm going to go right back to Bam Adebayo at 8-1. Like, I just think he's a bit too cheap, too. We, we've seen multiple games this year where – He's got like 16 to 19 rebounds, 13 rebounds, and the assists just aren't there. He's only averaging one and a half assists a game. That's not Bam Adebayo. That dude's going to average more than one and a half assists a game. So um, I just think the the upside with Bam Adebayo is just massive at 8-1. Like he legitimately has the one of the highest upsides on the slate, and he's 8-1. So really like going to Bam Adebayo. Um Christian Wood is a guy to, to where if DeAndre Ayton's in, I like him a lot less. If JaVel McGee is going to start again, even at 8-8, oh, yeah. it's a big price. I love Christian Wood if JaVel McGee is the starting center. Yeah, I, I, I love that call. Uh, he will eat JaVel absolutely alive um, if JaVel's starting today. I'm looking at the top, bro, and I, I'm not really that excited about too many. Because they're, they're expensive. You know, yeah, like. I, I, by far for me, it's Bam and Joel, right? Like by far, but 
I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if those guys are getting, you know, pretty decent ownership. You look across the board, Russ is 10-7. That's too much if Ron's in. Uh, Trey Young's 9-9 against a really tough Utah team. LeBron is questionable, and he's 10-4. Jimmy Butler's finally getting some respect at 9-6 uh, in a slower matchup. Jason Tatum, 9-8. Um, so it's, it's tough uh, up here at the top. Do you uh, – I, I do want to ask you, uh, CP3 and J and Devin Booker, 8-5 and 8-7, a little bit lower um, than some of these top, top studs. I know you. we mentioned it in the betting slate. We like, you know, at least one of them to, to get going today. I know they're expensive, uh, but they probably don't see too much ownership. What do you think about those? I know we'll get the leverage later, but what are, you, what are your thoughts on him? Prefer Chris Paul um, to Devin Booker because the upside with Chris Paul is equal to, to uh, Devin Booker. I don't think the ownership will be too – like, they'll be pretty close in ownership. It's just Chris Paul is going to get there way more often than Devin Booker due to his assists, his rebounds. He can still score the ball. So, I do like Chris Paul a lot. The only thing that worries me is the minutes, like, and the and the blowout risk. So, if, if, if they're up – we've seen it in games where, like, against Portland, he only played 26 minutes. Um, even against sack, for some reason, he only played 30 minutes in a, in a close game. So sometimes his minutes are just a little bit lower than they should be because it's Chris Paul and he's old and he's just gone back to back 37 and 36 minutes. So I wouldn't be surprised um, if the minutes here are a little bit lower than we might expect against a poor Houston team. But yeah, I think the ownership on both of them might be a little bit lower than um, you might think. Yeah, um, with you. Um, do you want to just get into our favorite plays in general? Cause again, kind of, kind of weak up at the, at the top. Yeah. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll go right back to Kevin Porter jr. At six, four. I'm sorry. His price is just too cheap. <laughs> the guy last game played 40 minutes. I mean, that's just massive. And the guy only scored 11 points. Uh, if he's making a shots, the guy had 37 fantasy points and had 11 points. Like the, yeah. when he scores 25, the dude has insane ceiling. So I'm going right back to the well on Kevin Porter Jr. Another guy that I really like in GPPs is Robert Williams because the price has now <clears throat> gone lower than 6K and he has not been great. The minutes have been a little bit lower, slow paced, ugly game against Orlando. I think they need him here today with Bam just because Bam is a force on the offensive boards, and I don't think Horford is athletic enough to guard him. Um, so I like Robert Williams getting a couple extra minutes today. The ceiling with him yeah. is huge, you know. I love he can lot. have 16 and 16 with five blocks. So Robert Williams here at, at five, <clears throat> nine or five, eight, excuse me, is very, very sneaky. I love him. Um, I'll give you one more. I, I kind of want to stay away from the Philly guys today, like the, the Cork Mazes, the Georges Niang. Now they're up four, 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 seven. I, I want to avoid those guys. Um, I wish this was a different spot for Isaiah Stewart. The minutes just aren't going to be there, but I'm going back to the well on DeAndre. Another, another guy, if he's 4K, it's just way too cheap. He finally found his rhythm yesterday against Brooklyn. Um, this game should be high scoring. Uh, he's not going to shoot 10 for 11 again, but I expect him to get a couple more rebounds. The dude's averaging two rebounds a game. That should go up. I know Capella and John Collins uh, take away from that. If John Collins sits on a back-to-back, John Dre Ayton becomes almost lockable for me. I would really, really like him. It depends on where the ownership gets. No, I'm completely with you on all, all those guys. Um, I got a couple here for you all. Let's uh... – Throw back to last year, Darius Baisley helped Sarge take down a, a GPP in this very same spot. Um, I don't, 
you know, again, you're, you're never going to play this man in cash, um, but he's 4-8. I don't think he's going to get all that much ownership, you know, and you've seen the, the GPP winning upside against this same Lakers team in the past, and this year he already hit, has dropped a 41 spot on the Lakers. So I don't know what it is about the Lakers. He seems to go off. I will play him at 46 and have no issues, um, especially at that ownership. Um, this guy might be a little bit chalky today on, on a smaller slate, uh, but give me all the Tyrese Maxey um, that, that I can handle today at 5'5". Five, five. Um, clearly has a, a little bit better usage rate. Um, I, I expect long-term without Tobias. Played 37 minutes last night. Um, I don't – look, I love Seth Curry. I don't know that Seth can continue to just bang threes and, and be as efficient as he has been so far. I think – some of the offensive load is going to have to fall onto Tyrese Maxey today. Although I do still like Seth Curry at 5'8". Um, a couple more that I want to go to. I I honestly, I, I know we talked about it earlier, but I don't have any issues going back to Cade at 4K, um, especially because I think people are going to be scared off of him from last game. And I know he didn't look great, but the, the volume is just too high there to, to – not play him at 4k i'm not saying you have to jam him into every lineup but at 4k guys really he just has to shoot it marginally better than he did last game um and, and the i think you look at last game and you know it's the pistons and they haven't looked good all year but that's probably the worst they're gonna look for a while right and and so not it, it's hard to score when everyone on your team is struggling right because no one's in a rhythm Every shot seems like a bad shot and it's forced. Um, I don't expect them to be play that poorly. They're back at the crib today. I could see more assists. I could see more rebounds. I could see more points. So give me some Cade today. I love the Hunter call. I will always be a fan of going to Korkmaz um, at his value, especially without Tobias. Um, those are the main guys that stand out. And, and I, then I, I also like Bogdan. I also like Bogdan at 5'4". But go ahead. Bogdan's, Bogdan's another one of those Miles Turner type where you can get him at like 1%, which you can a lot of the time, and he has a blow-up game. It's, it's really, really nice. But I think we need to talk about the Phoenix value if, if DeAndre Ayton were to miss because that game is going to be at uh, 7 o'clock here on the West Coast. So just make sure you're getting to some of these guys to allow you to swap. Like make sure you're getting some of the OKC guys or the LA guys or Phoenix or Houston value because because if DeAndre Ayton gets ruled out late, you're going to want Frank Kaminsky and you're going to want JaVel McGee. So I think those guys are going to be the best value on the slate, but they won't be super uber owed just because um, the news isn't going to come out until late. But if you see the news come out before lock, I think those guys are going to get very chalky, but for good reason. So just make sure you open yourself up to being able to get some Frank Kaminsky and some JaVel McGee in your lineup for value. Yep. I 100% agree. All right, let's get – Let's get to uh, some leverage. I know we actually we talked plenty of leverage, uh, but some leverage plays before we get out of here. Go ahead. And one last value play. It, and <laughs> if Danilo, if if uh, Collins. John Collins misses, Danilo Gallinari, he has 60-point fantasy upside as crazy as that sounds. We saw it last year. The dude hit like 10 threes in a game and just went absolutely bonkers. So that's the last one I have to mention. If if uh, all the ownership goes to DeAndre Hunter, make sure you get some Gallinari in your lineup. Um, Leverage-wise, I think a great leverage play like you said is Tyrese Maxey because I don't think the ownership is going to be there because price is right in the mid-fives and it has been for a while. But 
the guy has has really nice upside. The usage has been there. It's just a matter of, of like the guy played 37 minutes last night. They just don't have any other point guards on the team. It's Shake Milton, who we all know is not the best of NBA players. Like he, he's kind of just a role player that comes and scores off the bench. Tyrese Maxey is that dude. He's going to play all the minutes. I love him as leverage. Um, I think another leverage play is Killian Hayes. Like he played 26 minutes and it was a blowout. I think he plays closer to 30 if they're able to stay tight here. And he's a guy that can do a little bit of everything. Like he had five steals the game before last against Brooklyn in only 22 minutes. Like he can fill up the box. So I think Killian Hayes at, at 3,900 is a really cheap play that not a lot of people are going to be on. So I, I like that for leverage in terms of fading some of the value on this slate. Yeah. And then um, I think those are my main leverage, guys. What about you? Yeah, no, I, I agree with all those. And, again, I love Tyrese Maxey today. Um, if I'm going to go leverage, guys, I think, you know, have a decent chance at less than 5%. Um Give me Hero again today. I don't know. Maybe he'll get it because of uh, because he's just been really, really damn good. Um, but six seven still reasonable price. I think people will look at that and say it's it's pretty high. Um, I have no issues going to Jalen Brown at eight nine. I have no issues going to Christian Wood, and I have no issues at going Rudy Gobert. I think those are all guys that probably don't get a ton, a ton of ownership um, with all really, really high ceilings. Um, any, anything else for this slate you want to touch on? Yeah, last two I'll mention in the mid-range for leverage is Jalen Green and Mike Conley. I think those two guys will go under-owned as well, um, and they both have high ceilings. Yep, I 100% agree. All right, thank you guys for tuning in. I know it is a, a little bit of a weaker slate, um, especially from a betting perspective. I'll let you guys know if I play anything on Twitter. I uh, can't lie, though. I'm, I'm pretty much leaning towards taking today off. Um, just nothing out there that I, I really feel feel like confident about. So um, we'll be back tomorrow. Sarge and I will be getting our, our normal pod out at the normal time. Hope to see you then. Thank you for tuning in and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Peace.